The Ministry of National Defense on Thursday confirmed that the U.S. had approved the sale to Taiwan of volcano anti-tank munition laying systems, along with cargo trucks where the system will be mounted. At a price tag of up to 180 million U.S., the deal could take effect in January. The system can lay landmines over a large area very rapidly and could be put to use to stop enemy advances after they land on Taiwan. Let's hear from a military expert. If cross-strait conflict breaks out, the first wave of attacks would be probably missiles, then an attack from sea. If the Chinese communists make a landing, it is necessary to have response measures in place that afford flexibility. It's a way to let the enemy know that, although they may have one in the air and in the sea, they will be facing many obstacles on land. The U.S. also approved the sale of additional Stinger missiles to Taiwan. Reports say the additional arms had been requested for the use of military conscripts and reservists. But observers say that with a price tag of 5 million U.S. dollars per missile, it's unlikely that troops would actually be trained in live-fire drills. That has raised some doubts over whether troops would actually be able to use them in battle. Military expert Shu Xiaohuang says lack of live-fire experience is not a problem as Stinger missiles are easy to operate. Beijing has named a veteran diplomat as the new head of its Taiwan Affairs Office. The new appointee, Song Tao, who is best known for an ice-breaking visit to North Korea in 2017, unusually has no prior Taiwan experience. He is also not listed as a member of the 20th Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party. At 67, he is also two years older than the outgoing Taiwan Affairs Office chief, which goes against Chinese retirement rules at the ministerial level. Analysts say he is part of the CCP clique in Fujian province, where China's leader Xi Jinping once was governor, and is there to enforce Xi's vision. 宋涛,也任中共中央台湾工作办公室,国务院台湾事务办公室主任。Song Tao, who is taking over at the helm of China's Taiwan Affairs Office, is a former Chinese Vice Foreign Affairs Minister, who has visited North Korea several times as a special envoy of Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Sung has met North Korea's reclusive leader Kim Jong-un three times. He also once went to Japan to visit its late Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. While Sung has rich diplomatic experience, his past professional experience has had nothing to do with Taiwan. I call on the Chinese authorities to face up to and respect that the people of Taiwan uphold the sovereignty of the ROC and that they can change their coercive and negative policies and actions toward Taiwan. Sung has also worked in Fujian province for 21 years, which overlaps with Xi Jinping's term as Fujian governor. He's considered to be part of a CCP clique in Fujian. Moreover, his appointment breaks with Chinese official practice. First, he's 67, past the official ministerial retirement age. And second, he's not listed as a member of the Central Committee of the CCP's 20th National Party Congress. 
She's looking to take control of Taiwan affairs through a trusted aid and gain further control over the Taiwan issue to strengthen the consolidation and stability of his own power and avoid any doubts internally about his involvement in Taiwan-related affairs. Song Tao once used to do United Front diplomatic work and also party United Front work. In addition, Wang Huning, who is second in command at the National Committee of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, is also pursuing this kind of United Front ideology. When it comes to Taiwan's international space and general situation, probably we will see even greater suppression and confrontations from China. Song's appointment as Taiwan Affairs Office Chief in China's State Council highlights Xi Jinping's ambitions to be China's overarching leader in his third term of office. With less than a month to go until the Lunar New Year, the presidential office has unveiled its merch for the Year of the Rabbit. There's a spring couplet, red envelopes, greeting cards, and lucky bag amulets. This year, the message on the presidential office's official spring couplet is a wish for happiness and good fortune on the road forward, as road is a homophone for rabbit in Mandarin. All the goods are a lucky red color and embossed in gold with ingenious designs. The lucky bag amulet contains a $1 coin and folds up into a 3D design intended to bring riches and luck to the bearer. And the greeting card has fireworks and coin motifs to bring festive cheer. Only 250,000 couplets and red envelopes are available and can be obtained from the presidential office and service centers for the executive yuan from December 30th to January 19th. The Taiwan New Year's concert is entering its fifth edition, led once again by the One Song Orchestra. This year's concert will have a wide variety of performances from indigenous singers and award-winning trumpet players to masters of Peking opera. One of the highlights will be cellist Jian Biqing, who will be performing Taiwan Rhapsody, a piece composed, composed by her Swiss husband. Organizers say they hope the concert will bring the sounds of Taiwan to the entire world to launch the new year. A beautiful melody fills the hall. Jian Biting, the international acclaimed cellist, is performing once again in Taiwan. She's made the trip from Switzerland to ring in the new year in her home country, where she'll be performing Taiwan Rhapsody. The composition is a creation of her Swiss husband, Fabian Müller, who has made the journey over to Taiwan too. The moving piece is the fruit of the transnational relationship, which has captured much media attention. Sure, I Taiwan is like a second home for me and so I was very happy to write a new piece with such a strong connection to Taiwan. One Song Orchestra's New Year's Day concert is now in its fifth edition and, as in previous years, will offer a program with renowned musicians from the East and West. The orchestra aims to transcend traditional notions of classical music, incorporating elements of Taiwanese culture. Of course, that also includes indigenous sounds. <laughs> 
the Taiwan Indigenous Association of Seated Kentrucu Youths will light up the music hall with their voices. National Trumpet Competition first prize winner Ho Chuan An will put on a world-class performance, as will internationally renowned Peking opera performer Wei Haimin. We make efforts to promote this concert internationally, and it has been getting better by the year and accumulating momentum. We hope that the world can hear the sound of Taiwan. International composers have created works about Taiwan. This is the biggest draw this year for the fifth edition of the concert. We also have world-renowned musicians in the lineup for the New Year's concert. These talented Taiwanese musicians will be shining bright on the world stage. Virtuosos from all around Taiwan and all corners of the globe are converging at this New Year's concert to bring the sound of Taiwan to melophiles all around the world. Researchers from Chang'an Memorial Foundation have found a new clue to the secret of long life. Through gene editing trials on mice, they found that editing blood cells can help slow down the aging process. The results of the study could be used to slow lots of diseases like hepatitis, osteoporosis and nerve diseases. Researchers from Chang'eng Memorial Hospital have discovered the key to long life in the hemocytes of mice. They were studying thalassemia when they stumbled upon a way to delay the aging of the mice. Rejuvenating the mouse uses hemotopoietic stem cells which have been edited and then put back inside the mouse. We can see that it prolongs the lifespan by about 14 to 26 percent. The study is based on clinical trials from a local medical research center. Its results have been published in an international journal and could be applied in many medical disciplines in the future. This could herald new treatments for kidney disorders, cranial nerve disease and even osteoporosis. It's especially exciting for liver cirrhosis patients. In the past, the slim chance of a liver transplant was the only treatment available. The study finds that gene editing the livers of mice can significantly improve their recovery. It can slow down the progression of liver fibrosis towards liver cirrhosis. It's very helpful for patients with chronic hepatitis, including hepatitis B and hepatitis C, or chronic liver disease like fatty liver disease. The team will continue to repeat more trials in the hope of finding new ways to prevent other diseases from developing and to slow down the onset of aging. Chip-making giant TSMC on Thursday held a ceremony to mark the start of mass production of 3-nanometer chips at a fab in southern Taiwan. It's rare to see TSMC hold such a ceremony, leading analysts to think that this may have been done to dispel rumors that the company plans to leave Taiwan. This could also be a warning to its rival, Samsung, which has announced it will start mass-producing 3-nanometer chips in late June this year. TSMC will remain in the lead in technology, and we will continue to invest deeply in Taiwan. TSMC on Thursday held a ceremony to mark the start of mass production of 3-nanometer chips at its Fab 18 in the Southern Taiwan Science Park. The Fab is also going to undergo an expansion, with phases 5 to 9 of the project to be dedicated to 3-nanometer chips. Analysts say the ceremony was an attempt to quell concerns that the company could leave Taiwan. There shouldn't be any concerns about the company leaving Taiwan. 
We all know very well that TSMC has deep roots in Taiwan. The supply chains and culture in Taiwan are irreplaceable. I would like to take this opportunity to quash any existing rumours about the semiconductor sector abandoning Taiwan. Analysts say that TSMC is not just showing its commitment to Taiwan, but also ramping up its competitiveness against Samsung. Three nanometer chips have 60% more logic density than five nanometer chips. That results in 30% to 35% lower power consumption while offering identical speeds. This technology is already in use by tech giants such as Intel and Apple. From the first year that they enter mass production, three nanometer chips will bring in revenues higher than those of five nanometer chips in the same period of time. According to our estimates, three nanometer chips will be in 1.5 trillion US dollars worth of end products worldwide within five years of mass production. The TSMC chair voiced optimism about the future of three nanometer chips. Currently, TSMC has an almost 80% global market share of chips at the 7 nanometer level and below. I would also like to announce that our TSMC R&D center will open in the second quarter of next year at Shinju Science Park. We expect about 8,000 of TSMC's R&D workers to move in there. We're already making preparations for two nanometer chip fabs at the science parks in Shinju and Taichung. TSMC says it will continue developing its new and advanced processes in Taiwan. Last month, leading chip-making machinery supplier ASML Holdings announced plans to open a new factory in New Taipei. And now reports say advanced micro-devices could be moving to Taiwan after the Lunar New Year. Reportedly, the firm would be moving its Hong Kong warehouse to the far glory-free trade zone in Taoyuan. The reports come after a recent announcement by the economics ministry that leading graphics card firm NVIDIA will be setting up a logistics center in Taiwan. Let's hear from some analysts. I think it is an extremely reasonable decision. The main reason could be the US-China trade and tech wars. In addition, the chips for NVIDIA and advanced micro devices are all made by TSMC, and all the related supply chains are in Taiwan. I think the main factor is that the Biden administration restricted the sales of sophisticated chips to China and Russia back on August 31st. The rules mean that NVIDIA and advanced micro devices are not allowed to sell their AI chips and GPUs to China and Russia. In addition, China's COVID surges and lockdowns brought operations to a halt, and that had some impact on foreign companies that may have been considering expanding their operations in China. Analysts say that instability in Hong Kong and China has prompted foreign firms to look to other countries to set up base. Taiwan's position in the semiconductor sector has made it an attractive option for many firms. Newly elected Taipei Mayor Jiang Wanan on Thursday announced bigger cash stipends for citizens aged 65 and up. The annual handout given in honor of the Double Ninth Festival will be worth 1,500 NT next year, a move which has been supported by councillors across the political spectrum. 
The change effectively undoes a previous adjustment by former Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe, who had lowered the stipends to 1,200 NT per person. On his fifth day of taking office, newly elected Taipei Mayor Zhang Wanan paid a visit to his government's social welfare department. After a meeting, he made an announcement about his plans for cash subsidies for people aged 65 and over. We will definitely distribute cash subsidies for older adults. Just now in my meeting at the social welfare department, we instructed them to resume distributions of 1,500 NT. As for the means of distribution, I've asked the department to make a comprehensive assessment that reflects an actual understanding of the opinions of borough chiefs and ordinary people. The cash subsidies for older adults in honour of Double Ninth Festival will be issued next year, and each subsidy has been officially finalised to stand at 1,500 NT. This undoes an adjustment by former Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe, who had lowered the stipends to 1,200 NT. Basically, we've just asked the Department of Social Welfare to conduct a comprehensive assessment, and we are going to start next year and resume the distribution of 1,500 NT cash for older adults. In addition, the Taipei Metro's contract to operate the MRT's circular line will expire at the end of January next year. Will the operating rights be transferred to New Taipei City? Chung said that the rights and interests of all people in Greater Taipei needed to be taken into account. For this part, I think we have a very effective communications channel with New Taipei City. Next, we will definitely be following the terms of the operations management contract to ensure smooth operations and absolutely not harm the rights and interests of citizens in both cities. Both Hou Youyi and Zhang Wan'an must sit down and communicate about this thoroughly. After all, the Taipei Rapid Transit Corporation is pretty experienced. And as the handover is in January, the timing is very tight. Is there any way that New Taipei City can respond to this? Is there any way for it to deal with this? I think this part is an enormous challenge. I would like to remind New Taipei City that setting up a new MRT company will not only involve increasing a lot of high-level personnel costs and creating new governmental positions, but will this really be of help to the effectiveness of the MRT's operations? If New Taipei City takes over operations, will this really bring in better service quality and an even better financial performance? Taipei City councillors across the political spectrum are calling on Zhang and Ho to sit down and have a proper discussion in order to to find the best solution. During the pandemic, many gift shops at tourist hotspots were forced to shut down. But things are beginning to change. With the lifting of travel restrictions in October, shopping areas like Ximending in Taipei are seeing tourists once again. And new shops are popping up all over the place, driving up rental prices. One souvenir seller in the area says they now pay 250,000 NT a month in rent a high for Wanhua District. And that's on top of paying 1 million NT in renovations earlier in the year. Let's hear the word on the street. Lots of things that we don't have come from Canada. Yes, yes, I've seen quite a few people. I think there is more foreigners because uh, Taiwan has a good reputation, uh, at least in my country and in the West overall. Demand is 
you know, for shopping and enjoy restaurants with friends. We have to restock all the time now. There's people coming from Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, the Philippines, Japan, South Korea and the US. There's about 30 to 40 percent more people than before. When crowds reach a certain size, they can increase sales at the shop. Shops near the metro exit at Shimon go for about 10,000 to 20,000 NT per ping a month. The real estate agent says that rental rates are not yet as high as they were before the pandemic. But with the return of international tourists, retailers are finally seeing their revenue bounce back. Japanese barbecue, or yakiniku, is one of Taiwan's favorite choices for a meal out. We head now to one restaurant that is putting some quirky twists on the classic menu. From a Jenga tower made of steak to an ox tongue hot pocket, this is a yakiniku you've never seen before. Many steaks are piled up one on top of the other like Jenga into a tower of 12 layers. Then they hit the grill and the juices are oozing. On a hot flame, it takes just 15 or 20 seconds on each side. Flip them over to scorch both sides with just a hint of crispy outer skin. We do this partly for the novelty, serving as a race against the clock. If you're too slow, they won't stack up and it won't look pretty. These ox tongue pockets are filled with green onions. The tongue is a centimeter thick before it's cut open to make the pocket. Then it's roasted to gain a hint of smokiness, and the juices from the spring onions and tongue gradually form a rich sauce to fill the pocket. The very root of the ox tongue is the most tender part, and you can only have one of those per animal. The juices get locked inside. Aside from the barbecue flavors, customers can enjoy seafood such as fresh grade Hokkaido scallops, crab, and salmon roe with sea urchin and caviar for the final relish.